When you step into Lifetime, you won't just see the difference, you'll feel it. Experience it for yourself. Visit lifetime.life for a complimentary guest pass or stop by a club. Lifetime, the healthy way of life partner for the Minnesota Vikings. Every time they play the Green Bay Packers, it is that huge test, but uh, this one feels in particularly uh, even more important. So we'll see if they can go in there and get the job done on the road. I, I'm kind of watching Kirk Cousins. Can he win late? Can he put together a late fourth quarter moment at Lambeau? And, and that's what Rodgers does. Can Kirk Cousins go match that? You're listening to the Minnesota Vikings podcast, episode number 126. I'm Tatum Everett here inside TCO Studios Radio Room. And coming up on the show, we will vent about Sunday's loss to the Rams. But then again, it is time to move on. And we'll focus on the big primetime matchup against the Packers on Sunday Night Football. And speaking of NBC's Sunday Night Football, our guest on today's MVP is co-host of Football Night in America, Jack Collinsworth. So after all that, we'll preview this Packers matchup, which, Gabe, I know you are actually headed to. So are you? ready for that road trip no i'm not (laughs) but i think this week in minnesota how cold it is it's preparing you preparing me for this trip so um the only bad thing about green bay is the fact that they play outside so and i I hear pa keeps the window up in the radio room so there's literally no way to get away from the cold weather but i'm sure it'll be a full pack stadium a lot of energy there so that'll probably warm and get get the adrenaline up but I mean, it's Lambeau Field. It's the Green Bay Packers. It's, it's late in the epic. season. Yeah. This is this is what you what you ask for. This is, I mean, this is the football cathedral of America. So I'm excited about that. Jay, have you ridden to Lambeau? Multiple times. Uh, the last time I was there was 2017. It was minus 15 wind chill. I think it was. It sounds like it's going to be Comfy. somewhat similar this weekend. <laughs> um, but yeah, that was the last time I was there. I had uh, my friend from New Zealand was in town, and he. Wanted to go. I'm like, all right, let's hop in the car and make the drive. So we went over there and it was great. Uh, we won the game. It was um, that was actually the year that Rodgers was out. And so it was just kind of fun to go and get a win at Lambeau, a shutout win at Lambeau in 2017. So, yeah, I've been there for a couple of cold ones. And when I saw this on the schedule at the beginning of the year, I said, well, here we go again. So January and Lambeau, that's this is what you can expect. A win is definitely not impossible as they head up north to this cold and chilly stadium. The Vikings know that this game means a lot right now as they somewhat control their playoff destiny. They have to win out, but they need some help from other teams. According to 538.com, the Vikings playoff chances decreased to 13% after the loss. And they face a must-win scenario on Sunday if the Eagles lose to Washington. But listen to this, guys. Their playoff chances increase to 50%. With a win, so just the disparity between the two is pretty crazy, and and knowing that much is on the line, I expect this team will rise to the occasion, especially under Mike Zimmer, who's had three wins at Lambeau Field so far. I don't know how else to keep saying it. Like you, if you win, there's a really good chance that you're in, and of course you got to beat the the Chicago Bears next week. And like you said, we do need a lot of help, but just from working in Washington for two years and being a part of the the Washington-Philadelphia Eagles matchup, those games really get intense. And for some reason, Washington always plays that team well, and I can't see them not playing them well again this year. Who Washington right now still, they're getting a lot of players off the COVID list. They have an opportunity to 
kind of changed their season around. They need some help also, and they're not out of the playoff hunt. But we should all be cheering for Washington right now. But at the same time, we should all be cheering for the Vikings, who have an opportunity to go 3-0 and in the past three games against the Green Bay Packers. This is another opportunity to to, to show the world on primetime that, hey, we can, we can actually play with some of the big dogs and get the job done. The clearest path is two wins and a Philly loss, right? Yeah. So, yeah. like, that is completely obtainable at this point. Um, it, it comes to the, down to the team doing what they did last year, winning at Lambeau, um, doing what we did in Week 11, winning against the Packers. That is completely doable at this point. Um, the idea of Philly you know, losing one of their final two is completely doable as well. So I don't think anyone should have you know, complete loss of hope here, but you know, the, the prospects are getting dim at this point. But as long as we keep fighting the way we've been and fight the way we have against the Green Bay Packers as of late, um, just keep doing it this weekend. It still gives yourself a chance for hope. Yeah, and the Vikings are only in this position due to their own volition. I mean, there's no reason that other than to look in the mirror and and correct things because the Rams game was definitely a performance I'm sure that this team wishes they could have had back. Another one-score game. Uh, that's now 14 for this team, which ties an NFL record for most one-score games mm-hmm. in a season. So if you want to talk about crazy, all you have to do is talk about that stat. And I think I just saw something recently where the Vikings have a losing record in close games, whereas you look at the Packers and they've had a few close ones themselves, but they always come out on the winning side of things. And so that's kind of been the difference for this team this year, but we're going to have another vent session just to talk about this Rams game and how frustrating it really was. And unfortunately not giving Gabe the birthday present he deserved. (laughs) (laughs) So, uh, so how does it feel to be 30? That's, that's the first question I got for you. Feels the same way as 29. There you go. That's what I always say. Um, I think it feels better personally. I I mean, I feel like we're we're like wine, right? We get better with time. So ask Jay, he's getting better with, with time and wisdom and age too. Oh, at this point, I think I'm turning to vinegar uh it's, <laughs> it's, it hit the dirty 30 no i honestly I, I think the 30s are probably at least for most people some of your best years so welcome to the club yeah uh, welcome to the club gabe we'll let you kick off this vent session welcome to the vent session welcome to this vent session MVP, the first one as a 30 year old <laughs> mvp edition number what number is this again we're 126 126 now. vent session number 126 i feel like i've had 126 vent sessions this well, year alone. isn't that what a podcast is all about though <laughs> yeah i got a minute though you got a minute. You ready? I'm not sure if I'll need Set, the entire time. Go. Um, vent session is the fact that we were terrible on third down. Coming off a week where we kind of turned the tides and figured out that we can be really good on third down against the Chicago Bears and the Pittsburgh Steelers to have a game in the L.A. Rams where we knew it had playoff implications and we knew we had to stay ahead of the sticks. The fact that we didn't do so uh, was really discouraging. I think 10 of our 10 out of our 11 third downs were on third and 7, so we were 37 plus 10 times and that that pretty much tells you everything you need to know about the game when you're playing the LA Rams team that has a really stout defensive line, really good secondary. It's going to be hard to beat a team like that and um I know somebody else would probably take the three interceptions, but I I know a lot of our sudden change moments, we were in a lot of third and longs. And when you're in third and longs and sudden change, you really can't sustain momentum. So and hopefully this week we can change that against a Packers team. That is the fourth worst third down defense in the NFL. Uh, we, we need we need that. Indeed we do. And that, that has been the Achilles heel of this offense from the majority of this season. You look at the wins and you look at third down efficiency and 
usually you're at least 50% or better at that point. But you look at those losses and you see huge disparities. Yeah. Uh, you know, just like last week, I think, what, two of 12? Yep. So just just can't, can't be doing that. Can't be putting yourselves in those positions. So, Jay, it is your time to vent. All righty. I will tell you when to go. The flip side of that third down efficiency was the fact that the Rams were 7 out of 14. Yep. Uh, the fact that they were 50% on third downs was a killer. All you got to do is go through and look at guys like Sony Michelle having 131 yards rushing out of 159 total yards rushing by the Rams this week. That was ugly. Uh, the special teams touchdown, the 61-yard punt return was a killer. You lost by seven, and you know that essentially you can look at as the point differential in the game. The crazy part was time of possession was literally 30-30 for the mm-hmm. entire game. And in a game where you had three interceptions, you probably could have had an additional two. You also had the non-fumble fumble on the sideline. The the fact that you essentially could have had six turnovers in a game and Matthew Stafford only had 197 yards passing for the game and you still lost by seven is an absolute killer. And, and wasting a game essentially where Anthony Barr was the star on defense, getting the two interceptions, seven tackles, and a QB hit. That was a uh, a huge bummer to to ha- come out on the wrong end of the stick on this one. Yeah, I mean it's safe to say it was probably Matthew Stafford's worst performance of the season, and yet he walks out with a win. That is something that we've done to him for almost his entire career. Yeah, that's and true. The thing was, we were going into this game saying, "Well, what Matthew Stafford are you going to get? You know, oh, he's got a better team. Let's see what the offense does." I, the killer was the running game. You mm-hmm. know, what we we did. They didn't what we were, need Matthew that Stafford. Was the thing. We did what we were supposed to do against Matthew Stafford. On the flip side, they got to the edges on that running game, and Sony Michelle definitely made us pay. Sean McVay tried to give us the game on Sunday. It felt and that way. In the third quarter, I think they had like four rushing attempts, and it's like, dude, have have you seen your <laughs> running back, Sony Michelle, like what he's doing against our defense? And the fact that I think we had an interception on the first and the second drive on our on the defensive side of the ball, and it's just like all right, if they keep doing this, we're actually going to win this game. And then eventually they got back to the run, knew they couldn't run it up the middle. They started running to DJ Wanham's side, and uh, that was pretty much all she wrote. Yeah. And that was the thing is they were getting, you know, seven, eight yards a clip yeah. on those runs, which was killer. That's why they were so good on third down because exactly. they didn't really reach third down very yeah. often. Well, and if they did, it was like, you know, one or two yards to go. So mm-hmm. that's Sony Michelle yeah. just pounding it up the middle just to yep. get the stick. So. Sony Michelle had seven runs of seven yards or more. Tells you everything Which you need to kill. know. Yeah. yeah. I mean, that's Killer. 56 yards right there alone on, on eight runs. All right. Well, I'm going to have my event session. Tatum, three, two, one. I know that these guys come in with a game plan and they know this opponent, their opponents in and out, but I feel like the worst opponent the Vikings have faced this season is themselves. And it, it's very tiring to see and frustrating at times because, again, it's a roster chock full of talent. You see turnovers. You see sudden change moments, as we've talked about. But eight points, I think, off of 10 turnovers. I I, I just it's, it's almost unbelievable when you start to say some of the stats out that have happened this season. And it just stinks because it seems like when the defense is able to contain an opponent's offense, the offense can't get anything going or it's vice versa. The offense is bailing the defense out of moments. And so it's, it's talking about complete game performances and talking about putting a full game together. I don't really know if we've seen one complete game from this team. And so, Hey, you know, the good side of this is, is what better way than to make that this week, make that next week and kind of get some momentum going. Because if the, if we're believing what the players and coaches are saying right now, they are a good team and they can play with anyone. Well, now's their time to prove it. Sudden change moments and points off turnovers is something we've been stressing all year. Mm-hmm. Just in the last five games, 
the Vikings have had 16 sudden change moments, whether that's turnover and downs, a misfilled goal, or a turnover, and they've only scored 40 points in those 16 moments. Off turnovers, they've only had 29 points off mm-hmm. of nine turnovers in the past five games. So if, if you look at just the disparity between this team, these two teams, that the Packers and the Vikings, the Packers have converted on those points off of turnovers, and yeah. we, we haven't. That was my biggest thing watching this game with the Rams was the fact that you had those three interceptions and you got a grand total of 10 points off of it. And two of those were deep within their territory. So like the fact that the touchdown came off of you starting on the two yard line, Mm -hmm. I was like, you have to score on that one. But the other one that was more disappointing, in my opinion, was the one uh, was the field goal or the non field goal was the punt. But the field goal one where you're just looking at it saying like we started on our 11. Well, you're just like you should be able to you know, march and, and be able to try to get something out of this and to only come up out of it with a field goal knowing that you were going to play this Rams team that was going to be putting up some points and when they were controlling the clock the way they were on the ground, like that was, for me, that was more disappointing. So the fact you only got 10 points off of those three turnovers was a killer. It's been a very frustrating season. Good good moments, very some high highs. We've got some low lows. But um, now that we've gotten that out of the way, it is time to focus on this Packers game. Wipe the slate clean because it's time for some Sunday night football. And to help us with that preparation for Green Bay, we've got the MVP guest, Football Night in America co-host, Jack Collinsworth. Jack, thank you so much for being here today. Ah, shoot. Thank you guys for having me. I appreciate it. Well, we are so excited talking a little bit before, you know, we uh, started this podcast with you and you're down in Florida. You ready to brave those temperatures and chilly Lambeau Field? Oh, yeah. Well, we were just up there a couple weeks ago. We we got lucky. You know, it was 30 some degrees, but Rodney Harrison had on his snow pants and Ugg boots and everything in between. Hmm. So we'll see if he can survive this one. I don't know. So, so clearly for the college football playoffs, which is a few a few days from now, you're cheering for Cincinnati and Georgia, correct? <laughs> I, man, I uh, I'm cheering to make it through the day. Yeah, I'm cheering to make it through the day. I, I would that. say that I would say that Cincinnati would have to be my team of choice, mm-hmm. but uh, tough competition on the other side of them. I know that. I get that for sure. Well, you had uh, the Christmas holidays recently. What is Christmas like in the Collinsworth home? Well, a little different every year, and and this year we woke up on Christmas morning, and Dad and I got on an airplane and flew to Dallas and worked all day, and then got up Sunday and did the game. So you never really know, but we sort of do it leading up to Christmas for the most part. So 23rd is my mom's birthday, 24th was my brother's 30th birthday. Oh, wow. So it's sort of celebration, celebration, celebration uh, for uh, up to Christmas, and that's how it goes around every year, so... This year, much more before Christmas, and then Christmas Day was a work day Saturday, like all Saturdays are. That's awesome. So, like, how much time do you actually get to enjoy your Christmas versus do your work? I mean, I I enjoy my work, so I enjoy my Christmas. Okay, okay. They sort of blend together. Like, I like being on the plane, working with Dad, talking about the Cowboys, talking about, you know, do we think Washington could do this or do that? For me, that's fun. Uh, so that was our Christmas, and I think for Dad, vice versa, it's fun for him too. And then we got off the plane, and we went and sat and had a meeting, uh, had a conference call, and sort of I, I went out back and I did a little walk around the golf course there and walked around Dallas just to try to get some idea of what Dallas is like. And shoot, man, that's Christmas. I always feel like when you get to Saturday, I don't care if it's you know whatever holiday it may be that's the time to lock in and i have no problem locking in i I sort of gave up hope for holidays or anything like that a long time ago when i got into this business i know it's weekends holidays whatever it is 
you got to put all that aside and focus on what you're doing. What is it like to prepare for such a big pregame show like you guys put on? Like how much work do you do during the week that leads up into Sunday night football? Well, we do a lot. and It's really helped that I've just become really close with Rodney Harrison. So I started doing that safety blitz show with him last week in the middle of the week uh, before we ever worked together on Football Night in America. And then the decision was made for him to come out on the road. And we were already, you know, really buddies. Um, and so that show's continued in the middle of the week on Peacock. We do that safety blitz show. So that sort of is where our, our prep begins. So he'll put the Vikings on his takeaways or he'll put the Packers on his top five takeaways. So that's sort of the first time we talk about it. And we'll wrap that up. Then we'll get on a call after that. And he'll talk through, you know, I'm thinking this. And I, I, I saw this on tape, Rod. What do you think about this? And then he'll send me a text at midnight. Well, I, I was really thinking if we talk their defensive line, we got to show him, him, him. So it sort of ping-pongs back and forth throughout the course of the week, and then we get there to whatever city it may be, and we'll link up and we'll watch a little tape together. We'll go through the rundown together. Uh, but the closer you are and the more that there's a trust there, and it's not like your coworkers, it's like you're really friends uh, and you believe and you've, you've sort of been through battle and you've been through a few of these shows together, I think that trust is what translates to chemistry on the air and and ultimately, you got to look like you're having fun, or else what the heck are we doing hanging out at football games? <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, that. it's not like we're you know you know solving world solving hunger, world. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but the fact right. that you know you guys have have to have such you know quick memory but short memory also to to be able to get everything in for a game, and then after the game you already start preparing for the next game, and the the next game is the the Minnesota Vikings versus the Green Bay Packers. So. Doing all that work for this upcoming game, what what stands out to you just at this point in your preparation? I just think it's a huge game for Minnesota, uh, just a huge game for them. And, you know, it's been a good year for Kirk Cousins, just watching, getting ready for this game. I didn't quite realize how good of a season that he's been putting together as an individual. And Justin Jefferson's been phenomenal on the outside, top three wide receiver in the whole NFL as I see it. Uh, and they're doing all this without Daniel Hunter, Everson Griffin, and who are supposed to be, you know, their best pass rushers. And I think a whole lot of the NFL revolves around how's your quarterback play, how well can you get after the passer, and then how well can you cover on the back end would be third on that list for me. And you know, I went to school with Harrison Smith, so I know how talented he is and uh, how how good of a leader he can be for a whole secondary. He really taught my brother safety play. He was you know, a couple years above my brother at Notre Dame, so I know how good of a mentor he can be. Um, so I just think it's a huge test, and every time they play the Green Bay Packers, it is that huge test. But uh, this one feels, in particularly, uh, even more important. So we'll see if they can go in there and get the job done on the road. Harrison Smith, Notre Dame guy. There's a guy coming out in the draft, probably a top five pick from Notre Dame. That's a safety, Kyle Hamilton. Yeah, are, yeah. are there any correlations between their play? I mean, they're two big freakish safeties. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I not a ton, honestly. Okay. Like, I think I think Harrison Harrison's a lot more of a downhill, big physical. I mean, there's some comparisons. Don't get me wrong, but what what I think Kyle Hamilton can do, it's a little similar to like Trayvon Diggs with the Cowboys, where he is he plays like a wide receiver back there, and he has a history of being a wide receiver. And, I've talked to him before about jump balls or any, any, you know, pass up in the air. And he goes, I mean, that's 95, five, that's not, you know, that's not a 50, 50 ball. That's 95, five. I view that as my ball. I just want to go up and take it. And if you watch him play, I mean, there was one game, the Florida state game where he's opposite hash Mm -hmm. sprints across the entire side of the field to make the interception toe tap on the sideline. So he does things with his speed, his receiver ability that, 
you just can't really wrap your head around where Harrison Smith is one of the surest tacklers and, uh, you know, loves living down around the line of scrimmage, but also is a good cover guy too. And uh, Harrison Smith is just really a smart player, but I think more than anything, just a great teammate. He, he takes care of the guys around him. Watching the Rams gash the Vikings defense for 159 last week, you mentioned Daniil Hunter and Everson Griffin. Without those guys, it, it really was evident that the edge was, was a vulnerable spot for this Vikings defensive line. So how do you think they can avoid allowing the duo of Aaron Jones and A.J. Dillon to do the same? Well, if they can, they, they'd be one of very few teams, right? I mean, that that's probably, I would say that's up there with the best backfields in football, just the rotation of those two guys and took a little while for Dylan to come into his own. I mean, I remember him from Boston College, and he would just run over the entire defense by himself. And about the first year and a half in the league, I, I didn't see it. I thought he kind of would get hit, and he would be ushered to the ground, and he was okay going to the ground. But we're starting to see now that Boston College, A.J. Dillon, and him running through tacklers. And then you can bring in Jones, and Jones is one of Aaron Rodgers' favorite guys, and he basically just fought for him to be on the field. Uh, and you can see why. He can catch the ball out of the backfield. He can run the ball out of the backfield. He sort of just keeps breaking tackles uh, when he does have the football. So that, that, that's a very tough combination of size and speed and ability to catch the ball, which both of them can do. Uh, you probably need to lean on some of these great players you have on the interior of your defensive line. Michael Pierce has been having an awesome year for the Vikings. Uh, another guy, Dalvin Tomlinson, has been having a great year too. But it hurts when you're playing without your two best pass rushers and two guys that can really stop the run, too, with Griffin uh, and Daniel Hunter. Would you say it helps a little bit that the Packers have their left tackle and both their right tackle out and they're, they're playing backups? Or still, it's, you know they're going to try to get the ball out on the edge because it's been shown on film? Well, the hard thing you got to deal with with the Packers is that it's not you know, it's sort of an extension of that running game that you just referenced is the quick screen stuff that they mm-hmm. do, you know, like you'll, you'll feel good about what you're doing to stop the run. Or even if you're getting a good pass rush, you know, Rogers will just rise up and flip one out. And now you got to stop Devontae Adams or now you got to stop, you know, whoever the heck it is who's running just wide open and he's got three blockers out in front of him and you got three DBs and you're just trying to get them on the ground. And they so often you'll see them steal seven, eight yards with that. And then they come back and they give it to Dylan in a power running type of play so it's the variety with them uh, and it doesn't concern me greatly watching the Packers with beat up offensive line because I've seen Rodgers overcome it so many times before it's like okay I don't have time we'll go to the quick passing game we'll go to the back shoulder stuff with Devontae uh, he has an amazing ability to adapt to whatever the circumstance is. Jack, when you look at this game and just the magnitude of what's on the line for this Vikings team from their perspective what is the biggest storyline you're following? I'm kind of watching Kirk Cousins. Uh, I just I think that it always comes back to can he win late? Can he put together a late clutch fourth quarter moment at Lambeau? And and that's what Rodgers does, right? I mean that's that's what he always has. A, he figures out a way to do is the game could be going good, the game could be going bad. He's coming back. He's always making the play in the fourth quarter. So can Kirk Cousins go match that? I almost think it's inevitable in this kind of a game going up against a great Packers defense, a talented group that they have defensively, uh, going up against Rodgers that you're going to have to score points with them uh, almost no matter what, and you're going to have to make a clutch play in the fourth quarter because you already know he is. He's going to do something that's going to either come back and take the lead on you or he's going to build the lead on you late, and you're going to have to go steal it in the fourth quarter. So my guess is it's going to come down to Thielen, Justin Jefferson, uh, and the man in the middle, Kirk Cousins, to go see if he can do one in the clutch. And 
uh, all of Minnesota, Coach Zimmer, I know everybody right now needs one of those type of victories. Uh, we, you know, we were there for the for the Cowboys mm-hmm. game. We all picked the Vikings. We're feeling so good about them. And <laughs> there's so many close moments, right? So many close moments in this season where it felt like that was a game Minnesota was going to win. I think this is one they just have to put it over the top in Green Bay. And I feel like a lot of people are going to be watching Justin Jefferson, a guy who just set the the NFL record for most receiving yards in the first two years of his career. It's so crazy, right? How do you still find ways to get the ball to Justin Jefferson, knowing that a Green Bay Packers defense is going to bracket him? That's tough. And probably some back shoulder stuff, probably some screen stuff, some slants, just get him, get him some touches and, that's how you have to do it. Get Dalvin Cook going a little bit, but I mean, it's gonna it's gonna require a little creativity, and uh, you're gonna be getting a, a pretty tough pass rush too. I mean, this Packers team. If there's one reason you'd go, oh, this looks like a team that can go knock off the Bucks or knock off the Cowboys or knock off whoever you want to yeah. say the Rams and, and go for a trip to the Super Bowl. I think it's because of how good their defense has become. You know, I mean, the offense has already been at that level. Rodgers won the MVP last year, very well may win it again uh, this year. But their defense has really become a talented group. And you guys got Jefferson. I'm from Cincinnati. We have Jamar Chase and uh, Joe Burrow. So that whole group, you know, we've been able to keep two of the three. Justin Jefferson, I know just from talking to those guys, how talented he is. He's going to figure out a way to make his plays, but – it's always tougher when, when you know, if Thielen can't go, we'll see what ends up happening throughout the course of the week. Well, thank you so much to Football Night in America's Jack Collinsworth for being here today on the Minnesota Vikings podcast. We really appreciate your time. Bring some hot hands and lots of socks because I think you're going to need it. <laughs> there, There is nothing more pure than getting up there Lambo early December, you know, late December, <laughs> early January experiencing a little bit of that cold wind we're looking forward to it thank you guys for having me thank you appreciate you travel safe thank you so much to Sunday Night Football's Jack Collinsworth he's got such great enthusiasm you can just tell he loves his job loves the game so we love having him here on the podcast and if you're a fan of the MVP you'll recognize this next segment we're going to get ready for this Packers game the only way we know how and that's to talk about one thing we're excited about and one thing about this matchup that makes us nervous but we're going to start on a high note and talk about something that will make us excited in this matchup. So, Gabe, what about this Vikings-Packers matchup are you excited about? I'm excited about our, our run offense against this Packers defense. Uh, their run defense has given up 567 yards, rushing yards, at that since week 11 when we played them. They gave up 219 rushing yards against the Cleveland Browns this past Saturday on Christmas. And Nick Chubb had 126 of those. Um, Tatum, you and I were talking before, like, who do you think is a better running back, Nick Chubb or Dalvin Cook? And while Nick Chubb is should be applauded for his greatness and what he does, I just think Dalvin Cook is still a little uh, – he, he has that edge of being the better running back. And mm-hmm. I think Dalvin Cook in space against this team, it's already been shown at Lambeau last year, and I think it can be another opportunity to do so this year especially with the Packers giving up 141 rushing yards per game since the last time we played them. Yeah, I mean, the Packers' defense has played much better since we saw them. Uh, The last two games, really, for them, they've struggled defensively against the Ravens, against the Browns. They allowed 408 passing yards last week. So the opportunities are there with this defense as much as maybe, you know, what we've seen people talk about how improved that unit is. Well, Jay, what are you excited about in this matchup? 
I would say, as weird as this is going to sound, Viking Packer history under Mike Zimmer. Uh, yeah. As of now, the record is 7-7-1 seven, seven, and one in the Mike Zimmer era. Um, but that includes also being 5-3-1 and one in the last nine. So at this point, for me, there is a history there. Uh, Aaron Rodgers talks about the fact that he knows whenever he plays the Minnesota Vikings, it's going to be his toughest assignment. Um, and it seems like you know he and Aaron have a mutual respect there, knowing that you're going to get a game from both of them. But just for me, um, knowing that this is kind of do or die, knowing that you have won the last two, um, including at Lambeau last year, there is not a intimidation factor there. Um, but uh, per usual, buckle up because this is probably going to be one of those uh, knock dead drag out uh, type games. And for me, it's going to be fun to watch because we know that for both teams, everything is on the line. So you're saying that you think it's going to be another one possession game, one square hmm. game. If if anyone at this point is betting against that, <laughs> I think you are a lunatic given fair. our history for the entire season. Fair. That's very fair. Well, I'm excited about third down. I know that sounds crazy because it hasn't been a very bright spot for this team, but I think it's a really good opportunity and something that could provide a lot of confidence early on in the game to get a couple of those third downs on the opening few drives. Green Bay's defense, I think Gabe mentioned this a little bit earlier, but they ranked 29th in third down efficiency. Just in early November, they ranked 20th. So they've really taken a decline on that stat. And I think with our struggles against against third down situations, I think that it would be a great opportunity to come out there and, and show some confidence and show that, that, you know, we want to win this game to your point, Jay, of, of coming out there and trying to be successful to, to jump on them early because we all know that as Jack mentioned, the Packers are pretty good with some fourth quarter heroics. So there's a little bit to be nervous about in this matchup as well, especially with this much on the line. So Gabe, what is the one thing you're nervous about? Uh, their pass defense. Um, in this case, I, I know you just said you're a little excited about their pass defense, but no, oh, I just I, I just said third down. Oh, third down. <laughs> yeah. Okay. They haven't really been good in third down, but they've been really good when it comes to defending the pass. Seven interceptions mm-hmm. in the past four weeks. I think that's the second most in, in the NFL during that span. They've only given up 10 explosives since we played them. They are, they've only given up 38 explosives in the passing game, which is 20 yards or more, this entire season. And the fact that we had five against them and they've only given up 10 since the last time we played them shows that they've buckled down and, and fixed some things in the secondary. I do think there are still some opportunities to take some shots and beat them. But I think if we don't have Adam Thielen, it's going to be a little bit tougher to do so. So we're going to have to get a little bit more creative against a team that that likes to jump routes likes to, to play a little bit of aggressive in which has showed up in the stat sheet the past few weeks. Yes, and right now, as of today, when we record this podcast, the Packers are unsure if Jair Alexander is going to be playing or not. So that is a going to be a game. You know, it's I don't, honestly, as this week goes on, it could change a lot. But as we record this podcast, their best corner may or may not be in the game, but they've been doing pretty well without him. So, yeah. So did he, play, he didn't play against us last time. He did, did not he? play yeah, against us last time, too. Weeks. He has, yeah. I think he's had and, a shoulder injury. So, mm-hmm. and they were without Kevin King last week due That's to true. due to the injury slash COVID list too. Yeah. So, like they they're one. When I looked at the injury report this past week of what happened last game, they they were really in trouble. They yeah. had a ton of people out, including like uh, Whitney Mc, Merciless. Yep, and offensive tackle Bakhtiari again, yeah. and Aaron Jones. They were missing uh, secondary guys too. So yeah, it, it, I think everyone knows at this point, just watch the injury list and COVID yeah. list because it changes literally hourly. Yeah, and, and watch a lot of film from earlier in the season because if those guys had missed last week or the week before, you're really going to see a different look. But um, Jay, what are you most nervous about? 
I think everyone always would point at Aaron Rodgers, given what he did last game. But for me, it's actually something you guys touched on in the Jack Collinsworth interview. Um, A.J. Dillon and, and Aaron Jones. Um, week 11, Aaron Jones wasn't in the game. A.J. Dillon uh, ran for 53 yards on 11 carries, which wasn't that big of a deal. But he also had six receptions for 44, so he had 97 combined yards. And that's A.J. Dillon alone. I think you add an Aaron Jones to that mix, and, and given last week that the two of them combined for over 100 yards rushing, let alone the receiving yards that they had, those two guys make me nervous. And um, I said it during the Week 11 matchup, A.J. Dillon's a guy I really loved coming out of college just in general, and when mm-hmm. I saw him getting drafted by the Packers, I was not happy about that given uh, everything that he can do. So for me, it's it's – Knowing what just happened this past week, yep. as much as Sony Michelle took it to us, and I got a feeling at a cold, freezing Lambeau, uh, you don't want to be reliant upon throwing for you nope. know over 300 yards for Aaron Rodgers. So AJ Dillon and Aaron Jones make me nervous this week. Yeah, hopefully a health, not a healthy dose of those two, and and seeing Jones back there to even increase the one-two punch against what we saw earlier this season is is a scary, scary thought. Um, I'm most nervous about what team will show up to this game. Um, it's a simple thought. It's a simple statement. I don't know any stats or facts behind it. I just need you in, in a moment where they needed to win last week, coming out with with a lack of energy. As the players said, they didn't have as much juice. They're going to really need to. I don't think they're going to have to bring their own juice necessarily in this game. I think that juice will be there with it being your arch rival, the Packers, prime time, literally everything is on the line. I think that you'll see a much more reinvigorated team that goes out there. But once the kickoff happens at 720, I just hope that it's the team that we saw against the Packers last time, a team that plays inspired and a team that comes out there and handles business against the top team in the NFC to just kind of you know, toot their own horn and, and, and walk away saying, like, we are a playoff team. We we are going to get into these playoffs. So, um, like I turned Al Davis my, said, yeah, just win, baby. There that you go. Yeah. Just win. There's two things you can guarantee at Lambeau, especially like December, January time. It's going to be cold and hostile. And on the flip side of that, there will be good chicken broth in the uh, in the locker room. <laughs> that so is true. It's one of those things. Get your juices going because this is going to be a fun one. Um, again. We know for the Vikings, this is literally everything. You have to get these next two to give yourself a chance. And if they can't find the juice for that one, then they don't deserve to win. Well, we've got a whole week of Vikings entertainment content to get you ready for the Sunday night's matchup against the Green Bay Packers. And it all gets going with the Audible this week, Gabe. Who do we got on the show? We got Michael Pierce. He's back. He has not been on the show for a while. So to to hear his thoughts, um, the first time we hear his thoughts post-injury, uh, will be cool. So that that'll. I mean, he's always a great guest, but it'll be really cool to know him a little bit more, and I just learn about just some of his play that he's been showing on the film as of late. Like he's he's put together a few good games. So to be able to talk about that, that one play where he just ended up in like the lap of Matthew yeah, Stafford yeah. before he got the ball, I was like, who is that? And then I, you know, obviously after like a couple seconds, it registered. But I was just. Whoa. When you squat 700 pounds, you can do <laughs> yeah, stuff like that. That so was amazing. There's a reason why they call them the juggernaut. So <laughs> we are happy to have the juggernaut on the Audible this week. And then the network interview is a familiar oh, yeah. name, right? Chris Collinsworth. So we're talking to Jack's dad. There we go. And he will be the network talent interview this week. Just We all know who Chris Collinsworth is. Just his analysis, everything that he brings to the table. He's been working for uh, NBC for, for, almost, for almost two decades now. So to actually have him on and 
talk to him a little bit after we talk to his son. That'll that'll be very exciting to see and hear. So stay tuned to Vikings.com. That'll be out later this week. I bet he keeps the window open during the broadcast, too. He does, too. And he usually slides into the window. He does. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. Hope he's careful. <laughs> Jay, we've got Vikings Vantage this week. Uh, Vikings Vantage this week will have one of the newest inductees into the Black College Hall of Fame and one of our favorite people on staff uh, here, Greg Coleman, will be the Vikings Vantage guest this Friday. So check it out Friday night at 6.30 p.m. on KFAN or anywhere you can get your Vikings podcasts. Yes, on the audio page on the Vikings.com app, too, which is also helpful to find. You can also catch new opposing viewpoints this week. We will have NFL Network's Tom Pelissero. Uh, providing the Packers' point of view, but I think it'll be kind of fun this week because he'll be able to really speak on both teams, which will be something new for opposing viewpoints. And so the Vikings fight to keep their playoff hopes alive this Sunday night at Lambeau Field against the Packers on primetime. It's Sunday night football. Stick with Vikings.com and the Vikings app for everything you need to know to get ready for the game. Until then, Skull Vikings.